0: Welcome to the Empower to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, uh, you saw on the title, right, we're going to talk about uh, the reasons that Tori Hope Peterson and Becca McKay hate Mother's Day. Uh, And before you turn away and discuss. Uh, we wanted to have you um, listen to this perspective today because um, for two people who have endured some pretty unimaginable grief, um, them coming and being vulnerable and, and opening up to talk to us about it is uh, pretty special. And so um, Tori Hope Peterson, you know as the author of Fostered and um, one of our earlier podcast guests, we'll have her episode linked in the show notes below in case you want to watch Um or listen back to her episode. Um, but Tori is, uh, both, uh, was a foster youth and then, um, is also a mom an adoptive mom, foster mom, um, an author, a speaker, a teacher, a wife, all just a, a lot of different things. And so she joined us to talk about, um, a unique perspective that she has on Mother's Day and the reasons that it has been tough for her in the past. And then Becca McKay, um, who is on staff with ETC, you know, her from, uh, a million appearances on the podcast, uh, um, Becca joins us to talk about uh, just unimaginable grief um, that she's experienced related to Mother's Day and why um, when this time rolls around every year, it is difficult. Now, the reason we wanted to have both them on today to talk about this um, is that it is just so important to have perspective that is different from your own. And maybe today will resonate with you. Maybe this is something that you have um, indeed experienced yourself and you feel seen and heard by having um, these guests on today and this topic on today. Or maybe this is the furthest thing from your mind. Um, Either way, we've, we've, felt like this was an important perspective to share uh, because we just never know what people are experiencing um, around us. And so without a um, personal conversation with every person we experience um, time with, there's no way to really know what people are going through. But if this is an experience that you now know of and can um, empathize with, this might allow you to um, build in a deeper connection or a friendship with uh, somebody around you who's experienced this same emotion or these same, um, circumstances. And so we're extremely grateful for Becca and for uh, Tori joining us and being so vulnerable and open and, um, and sharing their hearts. And so without any further ado now, here they are, uh, Tori Hope Peterson, Becca McKay on the topic of why they hate Mother's Day. All right. Well, as advertised, uh, Tori Hope Peterson is with us today, as is Becca McKay. And so we wanted to talk about, um, Mother's Day in all of its complexity and all of its uh, nuance and all of that. So for those of you listening, I I imagine if we pulled a hundred of you, we would get close to 60 different results as we, we might guess, like how you feel on Mother's Day or things that are complicated for you or tricky for you on Mother's Day. And so, um, I, Becca, you know, came, we were talking about this spring and podcast schedule and all that. And she brought this idea up for, for talking about, um, how she hates Mother's Day. And so I, I am not going to say that I hate Mother's Day. Um, I'm going to stay largely silent in this conversation because I'm not a mother. Um, but we are just going to talk through, um, a lot of this. And so, So why don't we start with this, Becca, do you mind just kind of framing for um, everybody who's listening, like kind of your thought behind, here's why we want to talk about this today, and then we can give kind of Tori some background information too, and then we'll get into it.
1: Absolutely. Um, So I do hate Mother's Day. I have hated it for uh, just a minute, you know, just a minute. Um, You know, the cliff notes of my story is when I was a teen, my mom died really unexpectedly. It was a shock to everybody. Um, It was super painful. And since that time mother's days have been really tough for me um and that has looked different different years that has looked different in different seasons different you know communities of people have surrounded me with a lot of love and support um and so when i thought about the spring and i thought about how i feel on mother's day i thought And there's a lot of people that feel this way. And so I'm not going to be able to think of everybody on the spot, but like, I think about friends and, you know, podcast listeners who have, who have struggled with infertility. I think of people who have lost a mom. I think of people who have had an absent mom, maybe never had a mom in their life. Um, I think of people who, you know, in our world of adopt foster, you got to think about all the different feelings that come up around Mother's Day and being a mom in that context. And so I just think pausing for a second, just naming it, like letting people know you're, you're not alone. You, if you're out there listening and you hate Mother's Day, like you're not the only one. Um, and also I'm just really thankful to have Tori's voice here in this space and just yeah. kind of sharing what she's experienced and learned along the way. I think we have a lot to learn from you, Tori, and like what you can bring to light.
2: Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I'm so honored to be here with you guys. Uh, I love Empowered to Connect growing up, grew up in the foster care system, um, as many of you guys know, and my church uh, very much cared about being trauma informed and caring for the kids at our church. Well, uh, because many of them, many of the people in leadership uh, at my church uh, were doing foster care then are still doing foster care now. And so every year they did empowered to connect trainings. And uh, but do I hate, it's so funny. I'm like, do I hate mother's day? Uh, I don't know that I hate it anymore because I, I, I am a mom. And so yeah. I get love from my children and from my husband. And, uh, my husband is always like, you know, you're such a good mom. And, um, it's such a, like just this redemptive gift to be a mom after yeah. coming from the background that I did with coming from in a very abusive home, um, growing up with a single mom who was very abusive, mentally ill, um, but mother's day has always been very complex and very hard. Like I just always feel like there's a golf ball in my throat the whole day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we, I, I think we have friends who have lost children recently and, and whether through miscarriage or through, you know, a loss of a young child, older child, um, that never gets easier. And then it also doubled stings on um, on Mother's Day. So no matter what perspective you come at this from, like, I mean, I'll, I'll share personally, we were, um, in the aftermath of having a miscarriage and we were in church on Mother's Day and it just, like, we couldn't get out of there fast enough, right? Because, um, even when pastors or, or church leaders or those with a voice on Mother's Day are trying to acknowledge and say the right thing, um, Sometimes that just hurts, no matter no matter how eloquent the words are, um, because the reality is that you're sitting there with this grief and this pain that um, is not going to go away with a great three minute sermon illustration or a or an intro intro video with flowery music behind it or whatever. Um, and so our hope our hope today really is like if. Uh, If you are human on earth and you're going to interact with other humans on earth, it's always good to know a wide array of stories and background and experiences so that um, we can reduce our assuming. We all know what assuming does. I won't say it because there's kids that listen to this podcast sometimes. And so when, when we assume we know the scope of people's experience, it, it leads us to say things that can be hurtful and ignorant um, or to just not make room for um, people at the table in a way that's helpful. And so we wanted to just be able to share experiences today. And so um, I'm thinking that, you know, Tori, first question, I think for you would be um, what, what was, do you remember there being a shift in the, you you mentioned like, I don't hate Mother's Day anymore. Like, do you remember kind of that shift taking place? Like the first experience we were like, Oh, this is, this is kind of awesome. Like, I, I I really appreciate this now.
2: Um, My husband and I, I was pregnant with my firstborn son. And um, I remember actually we went to go get, breakfast with his mom and dad. Um, And my husband, Jacob, he walked into, and I'm pregnant. I don't have any babies walking on earth, you know, and I, I have babies. And so, and I do, you know, people will be like, I think the language that we use is really important. And People will say, I can't wait to be a mom when they're pregnant. It's like, no, you already are a mom. Um, Or I can't wait until this baby's here. No, the baby is here. The Mm -hmm. baby's there. So I think stuff like that is really kind of important. Um, But when Jacob was walking in and he had flowers, I was like, oh, he got flowers for his mom. Like, that's so sweet. (laughs) And then he walks in and he hands the flowers to me. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just remember being so taken back, almost feeling bad that he didn't give them to his mom. (laughs) No way, um, no but way. also being like, oh my gosh, like, and it's so funny I've always cared about the language, but it yeah. was then that I was like, oh yes, like I'm the mom here yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it just felt really good to, again, everything is just, I think when and I, you can probably really relate to this Becca, um, when you're missing something mm. and then you have something it just, everything feels so much more radiant, almost like the joy and the love and the happiness. Like, it's like, it's just beaming, uh, from everything so much more than the way other people may perceive it, who didn't experience such loss or such grief or such abuse and such hurt. Um, and I, I think that it's just slowly gotten better over time, but this, past year Mother's Day um, was really, really difficult because I've always had multiple moms in my life, right? Because of foster care and adoption and then biological. And it just seemed like there was a lot of broken relationships Mm. with all moms. And so, uh, you know, you kind of get into this mindset of like, am I the common denominator? Uh, And you think, is this all my fault? And Almost every year, uh, I, since I've had my babies, will make like Mother's Day cards or we'll do Mother's Day crafts. And I'm like, I'm going to send all these out and I don't, uh, they just like sit, they just literally sit like right at the front yeah. door with yeah. stamps on them with the good packaging. Like we spend the money on them and then I never get them out. Mm. And last year I was just like, I'm going to get these out. Um, I'm going to get them out. And I think that, I don't know what it was exactly. I think it was forgiveness. Um, I think it was understanding that there are just some people that would rather uh, lose you than admit what they've done to you. And that has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with them, you know, Mm. just realizing these things and being okay with them, not needing an apology and knowing that God knows the truth uh, that he loves justice. And scripture says that he will set a table for you, you know, in front of your enemies, scripture says that uh, nothing will be concealed, that he will bring everything to light. And so just keeping, you know, God's word close to my heart is what I think allowed me to just be like, I'm sending these out. I'm going to send the love. um, Even when I'm not receiving love. Um, I think that that was a really big, I think, shift for me in terms of Mother's Day. And I love that
1: you highlighted kind of that internal boundary of like, this is, I, this is what I can do. Like I can make these cards. How someone receives them is not up to me. Yeah. And I think for me, thinking about Mother's Day, it's still hard. I'm not a mom. Um, not too long ago, we lost my stepmom. And so it's, you know, it's hard. It's still hard, but it's not as much so as it was when I was a teenager. And I think some of what has changed is my own like, self-agency, like what I can do to take care of myself on those days, like what I can can do. And so I think a lot of times, you know, whenever it's new or it's especially painful or it's raw, you can, you can feel really angry at people for how they are or are not talking to you about it or like how they are or are not engaging with you. And so I just love that you're kind of highlighting an important truth, which is like learning what you need to do, like what is meaningful to you on that day is to make those cards and send them out. And like, that's your thing. Like, that's what you can do for you. Um, and man, yes, the the encouragement of scripture and just knowing, knowing that you're never alone. I think for me, that's like you know, he puts the fatherless in families, like just thinking about that. And in my context, motherless, like thinking about, okay, like he's never left me alone Mm in every season of my life. He's put women that pour into me in different ways. I've got, you know, my college mom who kind of she never had kids, and so we had a unique bond of, like, being able to kind of get the whole I hate Mother's Day thing together and being able to process that. Then here in Memphis, I've got my Memphis mom. So kind of like you're talking about the, the cloud of women around you that are loving on you in different seasons. Like, I think that's something that I've felt, too. Um, but I think back on ways that people have tried to help me and I'm curious like for you Tori as you've kind of gone through different seasons what have what have been the helpful things like what have friends or family or people done that's been like man that was really encouraging and helpful to me
2: Mm -hmm. well now I do have a really special mother figure in my life um she's always kind of been there, but now we actually live next. We like live almost next door to each other, which has been really, really special. Um, So when I was in the foster care system, before I went in the second time, I went in two days before Christmas Mm -hmm. and uh, this woman named Tanya, she would actually come and pick me and my sister up when we were living in our first family, uh, when things got just dangerous and crazy she would come pick us up and she would feed us at her house she would take us to church she would let us stay the night and um, she was just like everything that I needed this gentle person and she was always very encouraging and uh she like She's hates being touched, but she would always like, I love being touched. So she, I like my love language is touched. So she would like rub my head and she was just a great person. And then I, I wanted, I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a mom. Um, but then as I got older, you know what you don't want to do, but you don't know what you do want to do. And you yeah. don't know if, even if you do know what you want to do, you don't know <laughs> if you're going to be able to do it. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, watching her be a mom, she has two biological children really has shaped my motherhood and she's Mm. just shaped also who I am as a community member and who I am as a lover of people and a disciple of Jesus because I've been able to watch her do it so well and so gracefully. Um, But when we went into the foster care system again, two days before Christmas, she didn't want us to go in uh, because she was like, how do we know if the family has presents for them? Mm. Like just worried about, you know, they have family traditions and they're just being thrown in. And so we went to Tanya's house uh, before we went into the system. And of course, she got the church to get us all of these presents. We had, me and my sister had way like four times the amount of presents than her two <laughs> yeah. biological kids had combined. Um, and I opened all of them on Christmas Day and I said, Can I go return these um, to Walmart and can I get something better? Um, can I get gift cards and I just want to buy other stuff with it. And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. And the next day, everyone knows what the Walmart return line is like the oh. day after Christmas. Yes. And so we, she stood in that line with me so gracefully, so kindly, so patiently, everything that love is, she stood in that line with me with it and we turned it, returned everything. And then I went shall on my little shopping spree and then I become an adult And I look back and I'm like, Tanya, why did you let me do that? Like, Mm -hmm. why didn't you teach me a lesson on thankfulness? Why didn't you tell me I needed to be grateful? Because really that's not appropriate behavior, right? Like if my kid came to me and asked that, I would be so disappointed in my child. Um, And she said, that's just not what you needed in that moment. That's not what would have communicated love to you. Um, And to this day, she is one of my best friends. I never thought I'd be able to say that I had a mother figure as a best friend, Mm -hmm. you know, like she's my best friend. I go to her house almost every single night and um, she's just like my mentor, my minister, my confidant. Um, And that has really been one of the things that has helped me the most because we know, you know, when it comes to healing trauma, we can do it with medication. We can do it with different modalities of therapy and all those things are good. But the most efficient way to heal trauma is to have experiences that directly contradict the traumatic experience. Yeah, and what right. Tanya does is she contradicts everything that I endured and experienced in my first family.
0: Yeah. God, I mean, I I would love to think that I would have that same level of grace with one of my kids and be like, absolutely, let's go get in that line that feels like literal hell. Like <laughs> and I, and yet, like I think right now I mean that that is a powerful, powerful picture of love and patience and to to know that that's then setting a framework for you like here is mm-hmm. how a loving mother like cherishes her kids and and shows them that love right and it she didn't have to be your biological mom to teach that lesson to you but like I, I would imagine and I don't want to assume but I would imagine that that plays into moments that you have parenting now, right like
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes it's hard for me to talk about Tanya because I know not everyone has a Tanya. So I just want to like hold space for that. And um, just, you know, a lot of people have had such broken relationships with their first family, with their biological parents, birth parents. um, And they've never found like that second family, that second home, that second mom. And so I just want to hold space for that. And say, like, I'm sorry. Uh, I couldn't imagine my life without a Tanya. And I always say, like, I will walk out her door at night. I'll be like, don't die. Because, like, (sighs) there would be such a massive hole in my life if she was gone. Um, And I actually have a really close friend who's a former foster youth. And she had, like, a Tanya. And her Tanya passed away of cancer. And um, ever since, she's been pretty just like distant from community, understandably, right? Cause she's so hurt. She's just been grieving for so long, but I, and I, it's, that's so understandable, but I also just want to encourage people like, even if people failed you when you were grieving, if people didn't know how to react um, when you had no one else, like continue to put yourself in community, continue to tell people what you want. Like, don't be scared to tell um, other mama mentors. Like I need a mama mentor in my life. Like I need someone that I can like come to their house. And like the the thing that Tanya does for me is I I know where the key is. I always say love comes with a key because I, I know exactly where the key is to her front door and I can walk in at any time uh, when she's not there. She is there. It's just like the safest place to me. And you can tell people that you need that because a lot of times people want to fulfill needs. uh, They just don't know how they don't know uh, what you need. And people also don't want to be pushy. Like people don't want to say, especially I think in the culture that we live in right now where people are so easily offended Uh, people don't want to be like, Hey, this is the person I want to be in your life. And then hear like, well, I don't need advice from you. Why do you think I need mentorship? I don't need mentorship. Mm -hmm. Um, So just tell people if you're really seeking something, don't be scared to go out and, and find it. Your community, your people are out there, even if they've been really hard to find. Mm -hmm.
0: That's really great, Tori. I, I mean, Becca, you talked about that, right? Like about having that and, um and having that be so therapeutic for you what when you think about mother's day through the eyes of of the grief that you've experienced like what are the ways that people have successfully or helpfully loved you on mother's day or 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 thought for you so if, if we're thinking of folks in our own life who are going through that what might be some ways they could approach you know being helpful i think
1: it's you know the first thing is don't make it weird like i think the worst mother's day experience i had was when I was a freshman in college and my brother had gone to this church when he was in college so everyone knew my story not from me but from my older brother. So I show up at college, I go to the church, it's Mother's Day. It's my first Mother's Day at this church and I don't realize this is like a big de- like this is a big day. They have like the photo booth, they have all the things and like probably 10 different women like came up to me during service to like shed a tear with me and like cry and I didn't know these people like I was new to town like this yeah. was not my people and it just made it weird like to have that much attention on me from all these people that I didn't know so I would say the most helpful thing has been the quiet consistent faithful friends like the people who have been patient with me on years when I've been like I just want to yell and they're like okay like tell me or the years when I'm like Hey, Miss Winnie was my college mom. Like, Hey, Miss Winnie, can we just like go see a movie on mother? Can we just like not go to church today? Can we just have breakfast together and go see a movie and like not think about how sad we are? And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. And like we would do it or years where, you know, so I think there's not one answer. And like Tori said, you, you know, people are easily offended and you can, you can always say or do the wrong thing. But I think like the people who've been like, I don't really know what to say. And given me space to be like, I don't really know what I need either. Like, can we try that? Like, can we try this this year? Can we try that this year? Um, I didn't go to church on Mother's Day from that day in my freshman year of college. That was so hard up until I think last year, my husband was like, I think, I think it would be nice to go. He's like, I think our church is going to handle it really gracefully. Like, you know, the people there, they love you. It's not the same situation. And I went and it was a great day. Like, I was able to celebrate my friends. Like I was able to feel like a little bit more peace. And so I think that has been like, what is that now? Like a 15 year process. So just like the people who have been consistently, patiently loving on me and giving me grace whenever I have the like blow ups or like the hard days or or whatever else. But I would also say like, know your people and offer, but don't force. Like that's a big thing we talk about here all time. Offer, don't force. Yeah. I felt like the freshman year experience was people kind of forcing themselves to take care for me in some kind of way versus just being a little bit more of a quiet offer, if that makes sense. And then, like Tori said, if you are somebody who's experienced any of the circumstances that make Mother's Day hard, um, give yourself grace and time, but also ask for the key, like advocate for yourself. Like, I love that. I love that picture that you're giving because I think you're right. People want to love and they want to give and they want to be generous and hospitable, but they don't want to say the wrong thing. And so I don't want people to hear this podcast and be like, Oh my gosh, I feel worse now. Cause you said, don't make it weird. I don't want people to be scared or like skittish, but yeah. I just think hold it, loosely offer be patient be kind um and if you're going through it give yourself time to like the first couple years were really 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 hard and yeah. as time passes like when you experience those you said it Tori those other like those other other side experiences, when you have positive, joyful moments with mother figures, when you get to, I've gotten to watch both of my sisters become moms. Like that is a beautiful, lovely, wonderful experience that has brought me so much joy. Like it just does change over time. So I think if you're in the thick of it, if in this year you lost a parent, lost a child, like if this year is really hard for you, give yourself space and grace for that and know that that's not going to last forever.
0: Yeah. I, I would point out something like you said, Becca, like this past year might have been the first year, so it was a 15 year process, but I don't, like, I don't think you're communicating that like, ah, and last year got over the hump. No more Mother's Day grief. Like (laughs) last year was just the 15th year in the process. Like, and so last year went to church this year might not be the year to go again. Right. So like, I think that's like, um, we live in such an accomplishment centered culture that it's really hard to understand or to give to give space for processes, right? And like for for there to be these perpetual processes that that have to kind of take shape, and um, or feeling like it's not okay to and I'm going to use air quotes. You can't hear this because or see this because you're on a podcast. But like uh, like to go backwards, like we would right. view oh this year it was too hard to go to church ah move backwards in my progress like no like if if you if you have a hard time on Mother's Day. It's not like that all of a sudden, like, is going to go away sometime or get worse. Like, there are just waves of that. And sometimes, um, some years are easier than, than others to get in there. So I think, you know, also church just tends to be the central theme of this. Not just church, obviously, but anytime um, that grief can come up and just to let yourself be there and let the people around you who are trusted in. And that, that was the other thing I picked up, Tori, from what you said, like, um, having having some, like, uh, Becca, you could ask somebody random to go to the movies and skip church on that day or, like, a very, very shallow acquaintance. They might be like, what the heck? Right. (laughs) Or you could ask somebody that you don't really know for a key to their house and, like, you know, be arrested. But, like, (laughs) uh, but when you have a, like, sincere relationship there that has been built not just over grief, but over time and with repetition where there's a mutual trust that develops, then those grief milestones can be shared in a way that are meaningful. Right. Um, all right. So as we think about kind of turning the corner from our own experiences into kind of maybe advice for folks who are listening or, or grace for folks who are listening, like, are there some things that you guys want to say or, or know, like, or equip people with to, um, to care for those this year who might be coming up on Mother's Day?
2: Hmm yes there are lots of things that i want to say um you know i think we've said it a lot like a little bit but i think just re-emphasizing like uh if there are people that you know have experience i just call them let's all like mama wounds yeah. you know invite yeah. them in um invite them to things um i think a lot of times on mother's day you know Everything on Mother's Day is so stupid cute, like Mother's Day brunches (laughs) and mimosas and cute (laughs) breakfast and like pink cards. I love the color pink. Everything's like pink. And um, everyone on Mother's Day also like Mm post their mom. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there are some people who don't have moms to post. And so like give someone something to post by inviting them in and just... Um, filling that hole if, if they don't have it, like I, on on Mother's Day, I, I post uh, usually all of my moms. Um, and there's, there's last year, I just didn't post any of my moms. Um, and just letting it, I think letting, if you have someone like that in your life that has multiple moms, uh, not being offended, uh, if they come or don't come because uh, there's always so much to navigate having multiple families. Uh, and it's usually not that I love one more than the other or that I don't want to spend time with one over the other. Yeah, um, It's usually actually, I just feel so pulled in so many different ways. I feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, being considerate, thoughtful, inviting people in, but also not being offended if mm-hmm. they don't come.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think, too, I think you're talking uh, about how to support someone that you know. And then I think sometimes you don't know. Like, there's people that you don't know who might be struggling with. You know, J.D., you mentioned infertility earlier. Or there's people that you don't know who have, like, maybe a strained relationship with their mom or their stepmom or their mom figure. And so I think just being – just coming into that day with an extra dose of patience and grace for other people, um, just coming into the day with a little bit of understanding, again – I'm not, you know, do, do the photo booths at church, like do the fun mother's day things. I don't, I don't mean that the community should be scared to celebrate mother's day, but just even a tiny tad of like understanding. I know like at our church, they started adding in like, Hey, we just want to mention, like, if you're having a hard day today, like we see you, we love you, we're here for you. Like, and just that, like just that one little sentence just makes you feel like not forgotten. I think sometimes you can feel isolated is something that you've mentioned Tori or like lonely extra lonely on those days um and then you know I know this episode is is airing right before Mother's Day we're talking about Mother's Day but you've mentioned the key to your house I'm really really stuck on that because I think it's such a beautiful picture and I think that's the like day in day out like don't just love on someone on Mother's Day but also like be their true friend and like ask them what kind of things. Sometimes, like, I miss my mom on the most random days, and I don't even know why, and so having the people that I can call on those days when it's in October and when it's in, you know, July, like, just having the people that are kind of consistent and and steadfast and just not being afraid to talk about it, not being afraid to say, like, I don't know how you're feeling today, but I love you, and I see you. Um, Holding space for people, being open. I'm curious, I know we're talking more about, like, how to support other people. Tori, I'm curious if you've experienced experienced seasons even if it was in your younger days of like isolating yourself and like pulling inward I wonder what that has felt like for you if that's something that you resonate with and like what has kind of helped you you know you encouraged people to step out of that so what helped you make that jump like what helped you kind of take those steps forward
2: yeah well something you said reminded me of um hi and I, this is so well intended. So it's, this is a hard conversation because we don't want to be like, don't do that. Like, that's not, yeah. that's right. We're like, that's not what we're saying. But, um because so many people are well-intended, but I remember uh, there were just people in my church and different mom figures in my life who would be like, I love you like a daughter, or I love you as if you were my own daughter. Um, And then to me, that would like, give me a lot of hope and I would be like, okay, I'm going to go like do stuff with them that they would do with their daughter. Mm. Uh, But then they would, like on mother's day or on holidays or on these special days. Cause they would say those words to me in words. I'm a writer. I am a communicator. That's my full-time job. And yeah. so I think words to me, like they really they matter stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm like their daughter. Um, they love me like they love their daughter. Those are like the exact words. And so I was expecting to experience things with them and get to spend time with them like their daughter. And then these days would come around and pictures would be posted or, um, events would be gone to, and I wouldn't be invited or I wouldn't be included. And I was like, but you know, the biological daughter would, and I'd be like, but I thought I was like your daughter. Like I thought you said you'd love me like your daughter.
0: Yeah.
2: And I believe that. Yeah. And I was willing to accept you in like that. yeah. Um, And then I don't feel like I was invited in like that. And so I think um, just being weary of the things, uh, being careful, being mindful of the words that you use are helpful to those who are experiencing something like this. But I would definitely say that was during that time I would say it was probably like college and then early adulthood that made me drop back um, a little bit because I felt like I was angry at the inconsistency and it almost felt like a lie. I can look back. I'm as just someone who is more mature and has more grace for people now and be like, Oh, they were trying to be like, we love you. You know, they were just trying Um, to simply be like, we love you a lot. Um, but they really couldn't give me what I was expecting or what I had imagined or anticipated when I heard those words, because when you grow up without a mom or with a mom that doesn't fulfill what a mom should, uh, you grow up with all these expectations and hopes for other people fulfilling them. And, um, yeah, I'd say that's definitely a time that in a thing that has made me pull back a lot. And there are still moms today that I am pulled back from um, because to have them in my life would not be safe for me Mm -hmm. or my children. And I've just created more uh, boundaries in my life and not for the sake of um, wanting to hurt anyone or not even for the sake of protection, but really for the sake of like, God loves me mm-hmm. um, and God doesn't want me to be abused. Uh, and yeah, so I think that that's a really important thing to say to people too. When uh, Mother's Day, sometimes a mom isn't completely gone, sometimes she's there, but you don't talk to her for some reason or another. And like, yeah. that's okay. Uh, especially if it's an abusive situation, because like God doesn't want you to be abused. And uh, one of the stories that I always go back to uh, every Mother's Day I just like kind of pray and meditate on Genesis because Eve didn't have a mom, um, but she did have a heavenly father. And if we think about the garden of Eden and how God created it, it was supposed to be perfect. It was supposed to be how God was supposed to create it. And so that means that Eve wasn't supposed to have a mom. Mm -hmm. She was just supposed to dwell in the presence of God. And that was her fullness. That is what brought her great joy. Mm. And so when I'm feeling lonely um, on Mother's Day, I just think of Eve. And I think um, of the strength and resilience and of the love that she had to have for God to live without, without a mom. And I just think I want to have that kind of love for the Lord to just feel, feel so um, overflowing with joy on this day uh, because I have him.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, what a beautiful example. And then she had to turn around and be a mom. And so thinking about people who have had to, had to do that, like you, you've had to be a mom without that kind of example in your mind. Yes. That's wow. I've never thought of that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to think about that. That's like a really beautiful insight.
2: Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Um, I remember it was like probably in 2019 or 2018, uh, someone asked me to write a blog about mother's day and I felt so stuck. Um, and they, they wanted me to write it from a biblical standpoint. And I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to do this. Um, because it's it just doesn't feel like enough to say like God's love will cover over it. Yeah. Because it will, but also sometimes like people say that and it's like a band aid yeah. where like it really dismisses. we gotta do more yeah. to the wound. Okay, like it yeah. doesn't just deserve like this band aid. It probably needs a bigger band aid and it probably needs some like salve and balm on it. And so yeah. what's the balm that we can add? And um, just in like. Praying and trying to figure that out, I was like, "Oh, Eve didn't have a mom, but she had God, and that is like so so cool." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's a good word, Tori. Like, you don't see somebody walk out of open heart surgery with a little like Band Aid brand like thing holding the holding the chest together, right? Like, there's an intense healing process to that, and I think, gosh, I'm glad you said that. When we have these traumatic deep wounds, we have to kind of have that mental picture of the bandages and breathing assistance and you know, around the clock medical care and all that that's involved in recovering from a major traumatic health event. And we have a framework for that. Like, I'm not trying to go shake somebody's hand that just broke the wrist, right? Like, but I, but I will be like, hey, I know today it's harder for you, how you doing? Like, I won't, but sometimes people will. And so I think we have to kind of keep that in mind Um, and so as you're, as you're listening to this, you might kind of think, well, crap, how am I supposed to know what somebody is going? You don't have to, but I think if we have to, if we have these reminders going on, if you sense something out of the, out of the ordinary, now you have a few extra categories you can put something in to then, if you have that kind of relationship, say, hey, did I offend you in some way with this? Is there some reason this is more hurtful than usual to you? And, and can I talk to you about that? You know, we can, we can kind of engage in that in a different way. If you're aware, there might be some other um, other things going on. Um, I think, you know, one thing that um, both of y'all have mentioned now is like people who were there for you, people who were, um, you know, kind of welcomed you in a really unique way and moments when that, um, when y'all weren't ready for that yet. And so just kind of as a last sort of word of warning to folks who are, um, maybe have that kind of hospitable heart or a loving heart who want to welcome folks in, you might extend that invitation and it might be shot down the first time. And it does not mean that, um, it does not mean that, uh, you need to take that personally or have some type of like personal offense to it. What it probably means is that, um, it's not the right moment yet. So don't you know, we say all the time in our parenting class, don't take it personal, don't make it personal. And those of us parenting teenagers have to repeat that to ourselves like monks as we walk around the house. But like um, when we when we offer that help, like there's not some kind of personal offense if someone is not ready for that yet. And so just remember that um, as you're going. And um, all of us connect with different people over different circumstances and reasons. And sometimes those things are logical and sometimes they're not. And so just remember, um, we're all in this together. We're all um, kind of, you know, walking through life, attempting to be, um, what each other need in a moment for God to use us in ways that is unique and particular to, um, the needs that we each have. And so, um, guys, thank y'all both so much for coming and just being open and sharing and, um, and, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Anything before we go that you want to mention? Um, oh gosh, Tori, we should tell people to buy your book. First of all, um, <laughs> it'd make a great mother's day gift for anybody who is in the world of foster care adoption, um, or anyone who's in the world of people. Um, it's called fostered. You can find it on, uh, Amazon, anywhere you buy books, I assume, right? Like I know you can find it on Amazon. Um, and, uh, it's awesome. It's definitely worth your time to read. Um, anything else that you guys want to share before we go? Oh,
2: thank you. Um, yeah, just, I just so appreciate, you know. I think that there are people who are going to listen to this, who are going to push this, and who are just searching for someone to relate to, someone that um, has felt their pain. And then I think there are people who are listening to this because they really want to do it well. They mm. want to hold space for those who are hurting on Mother's Day well. Um, and I'm just really thankful for both of those people for opening themselves up um for the vulnerability that that takes um to just want to want to connect mm-hmm. and then want to do better it's been
1: great talking to you i've really appreciated your insight story and just your story and i think Man, there's a lot of things I'm going to keep thinking about as I go from here of what you've said, but I just really appreciate the grace and the patience that you display for the people that you love. It's evident in everything that you ever talk about or post or write about. And so I just think be a Tori, be a Tanya, you know, be somebody who exudes love to other people, um, because we don't know what everybody's going through, but we can, all we can do is just try our best to love them well. So just thankful for you taking the time to talk with us today.
2: Wow, thank you guys. Thank yeah. you so much for
1: having
0: me. Of course. And now that you've been on twice, like you're a recurring guest. And so that means you're just basically part of the staff here um, <laughs> with us. And so we'll just have you on. It means you had to say yes whenever we ask you on from now on. That's I love it. Means, so.
2: Yes. I love it.
0: <laughs> awesome.
2: As long as it comes with benefits, I'm
0: here for it. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> right. absolutely. We're here for it too. All Give right. me some health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We'll work on that. <laughs> All right, thanks. Well, great stuff from Becca and from Tori. And just a huge thank you again to them for joining us today. It is not easy to come and bear your soul like that and and share such deep personal um things about their lives and, and yet, um, they both do so with such grace. And so we're really grateful for both of them and hopefully, uh, for you listening, this either was, um, balm for your soul because you felt seen, and this is a, a perspective you share, or this is a, a perspective that was, um, really good to open your mind up to and that you now, uh, know a different experience than one that you've known before. And so as we go into Mother's Day weekend, let's be mindful of those around us, be mindful of their journeys, um, in relation to whether it's parenting, mothering specifically, being mothered, um, anything around Mother's Day um, can bring both great joy and deep, deep hurt and pain. And so we just are um, wanting to make sure that we are being mindful of the people around us this weekend and making space for them as well. So uh Our huge thanks again to Becca and to Tori. Um, A big thanks to Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio. For Tad Jewett, who created the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast. For everybody here at ETC, I'm J.D. Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.